Welcome to The Savvy Session, your go-to podcast about elevating your life and business, sprinkled with a little bit of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Elevate Performance Solutions and Revolu IT Services. And now, here are your hosts, Kirsten Ramos and Paula Kircher. Welcome back to The Savvy Session. Today, we are joined by Starla Scholl, a clinical social worker in private practice. Her approach integrates a foundation of psychodynamic psychotherapy with alternative healing modalities, including heart-centered hypnotherapy, somatic work, subtle energy work, and breath work. Her style of therapy is also influenced by her study of indigenous and shamanic healing. I am so delighted to have Starla on this episode to discuss psychotherapy and many ways that she helps clients by providing a safe place for them to get in touch with their emotions. Her 35 plus years of experience, plus her training and experience with alternative healing methods, gives her clients the opportunity to experience growth and healing in a very different way than other therapists. Hi, and welcome, Starla. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Kristen, for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Yes, we are. And Starla, will you share your philosophy on psychodynamic psychotherapy for anyone listening that is not familiar with what that might look like? And how has your view on healing changed to include other modalities? Sure. Um, well, psychodynamic psychotherapy is probably what we we envision from Freud more like. It's based on the theory, though, and I believe in a lot of this, so don't get me wrong when I say Freud, but it's based on the theory that many of our behaviors and reactions are based on unconscious beliefs that are stored away way back in our brain. Um, And these beliefs come from all of our experiences, especially those when we were younger, and they're not just beliefs about the world or other people, they're beliefs about ourselves, and those beliefs impact our choices. And I'm sure you all have seen, or maybe we've had the experience, like some people make choices over and over and over again and don't seem to change them. You know, like the friend that dates somebody who's like, oh man, you know, and finally they they break up and you're like, phew. And then next person, oh man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We we recreate these situations and we don't see them because it's, it's back in our brain recreating it. And I don't think we recreate these patterns just to bang our heads against the wall, but rather because a part of us, and I'm going to say like a wiser part of us, wants to change the outcome, wants to heal the pattern. But if it's not conscious, we just keep getting in the same loop. So psychodynamic work explores those patterns, um, usually through talk therapy, and it builds an understanding of how and why the patterns exist. And I love this work. I love this work and I love talk therapy. But after being in the field about 15 years, I started to feel like talk wasn't enough. Um, And that led me to exploring a lot of different modalities and types of therapy, which you referenced, Paula, you know, like working with the body and the breath and the energy. Um, I've done a lot of study of neuropsychology and how the brain works and changes because that's come out a lot more in the last 20 years. Um, And I've trained in heart-centered hypnotherapy, as you said, for 20 years as well. 
Love that. And I think it's so fascinating too, the, the different modalities and studies. And it, also, I feel like the, the more people are just embracing those different modalities and, and talking more about, well, one, talk therapy in general, but also looking into other, um, other ways of, of getting, getting all of that out. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a wonderful change to see. I'm sure. And you've, you've seen it from, from like the progression right. of your career <laughs> yep. of, yeah. of people being like, don't tell anyone I'm here to like, Hey everyone, you, you've got, you've got to meet Starla. She's so, amazing. So that, true. And that, that has happened. Yeah. All of that has happened. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of, you brought up hypnotherapy. Can you share a little bit about, you know, kind of what that is and how it helps individuals? Cause I think, you know, I, I loved it, you know, if people, when we'll give them your website, you know, you have a, a blog that you just kind of like, are you going to make me, are you going to make me cluck like a chicken? And I was dying <laughs> laughing because I think Love people that. think like hypnotherapy, you're going to make me do something I don't want to do. Can you talk oh a little God. bit about one? Yes. Um, that's yes. not true. And also <laughs> well, how it helps. <laughs> exactly what you said is so much that that is the experience people have. People are afraid of hypnosis because they've seen it on TV or they've seen it in Las Vegas and they do make people cluck like chickens and do things like that. So that is what sticks in people's minds. Even though this has been, hypnosis has been being done for, I don't know, 200 years or something. And the chicken part is a very, very small part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so um, I also want to differentiate before I really get into the hypnotherapy piece is that there's a little difference, or well, there's not a little difference. In my mind, there's a huge difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy. So in hypnotherapy, you go and then suggestions are given to you. You may put on headphones and listen to the suggestions, or you might be working with someone who's a hypnotist and changing the suggestions and affirmations to change your behavior. And the client is sitting there listening and just sitting. Um, But in heart-centered hypnotherapy, that is not the case at all. The client doesn't sit quietly and doesn't just listen. We're doing therapy. Um, The the process is that you go into a light trance. Now, keep in mind, a light trance, hypnosis is a state that we go in and out of all day long. It's a naturally occurring thing. So it's not like some weird, like, I'm asleep and I don't know what's going on kind of thing. (laughs) Not at all. So you go into this light trance. And then we start looking at and talking about the patterns, the patterns that are causing you some problems. And then we explore the feelings because a lot of people don't explore the feelings when they're having these patterns. We pay attention to the body. You know, gosh, what happens in your body when you go through this experience or when you have this trigger reaction with your boss? You know, because most people don't want to pay attention to that. We're trying to get out of it when we're triggered, right? Yeah. So... We pay attention to the feelings, pay attention to the body, and then we connect it with other times that you've had similar feelings or similar body responses in the past. And our mind just takes us to these things because anything that's not been healed, there's like a, a little thread of energy that connects them. And so by linking those times and expressing the feelings, um, you also learn about the early conclusions that you made. 
and how, how you viewed yourself. And so you're making those conclusions conscious. You're making the implicit explicit, which is, I just love that piece. Yeah. Um, and the patterns don't have to be there. They're not necessary anymore when you can go through that whole process, just like if it was a normal process now, you know, when you get, when you're able to talk through things and feel better, you know, it doesn't stay inside. It doesn't trigger you. Yeah. So yes. it's, it's sort of like clearing it. And it also often brings, there's more compassion for the part of you that hasn't known how to act in a different way. Now, that's so true. I think that talk therapy, I know for me, it helps for me to like get it out. Because if I keep it, I've tried it before. I'm like, I'll just keep it to myself. And it bottles and it bottles. And it's, for me, not a, a great thing to do. But I know when I talk, you know, generally talk to my friends or um, and talk out an issue or a pain point, I know that just getting it out and then kind of looking for resolutions, how like therapeutic it is to get it out. Absolutely. It's so important to do that. And I think that, you know, as Kirsten said, the, the nice thing is it's changed. So people can say, yeah, I have this pain inside, you know, yeah. or I am really triggered by this and I, yes. I don't know what to do it. And you can tell your friends that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a nice step that hasn't always been there, Bala. Yeah. yeah so it's true. What I love too is, you know, when you were talking about those different feelings and having more compassion for yourself, you know, Starla, I, I think of things that I used to feel so much shame about and, you know, being able to work through that and realize like, oh, you were a kid. Like, oh, like, of course, you're not supposed to be able to deal with that in the in an appropriate way or whatever it may be. And, and it's like, oh, that just, it feels good to let that go, but then also to be like, it's okay. And and you do, you have so much more capacity at that point once you've, you know, released that. So love yeah. that. It's a wonderful thing when you can do that because there's so much energy that we, we use keeping those things inside, keeping yeah. that shame inside, keeping the yeah. beliefs about ourselves inside, keeping the emotions inside. We're pretending we don't have them, you know? Yeah. So there's so much energy that vital energy that you can use for other things. <laughs> right. I need all the energy I can get right now. So <laughs> <laughs> understood with that. That's well, Starlet, both Kirsten and I are fascinated by the extent of therapeutic tools you offer your clients, and some fall under the spiritual realm. What made you decide to offer both spiritual and therapeutic healing in your sessions? Well, it's been a journey. <laughs> I'll tell you it. that. I like this. When I went to grad school, um, the rule for therapists was very clear. You do not talk about religion, period. Um, because we were supposed to be a blank slate. And I do think that there's times when you're not supposed to be really blatant about certain things. Sure. But over time... I realized that just because we don't talk about religion or we don't talk about spirituality, it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's in the sessions sometimes and we can't ignore it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, some blatant examples of this is I've had clients whose parents told them that they were going to go to hell because they weren't staying in the church mm. or because they were gay or because they were marrying the wrong person. And, you know, you can say, all right, I don't believe that anymore. I've left the church or I'm doing something different. 
But often deep down inside, if you've been hearing that for 15 years, it's still there. And that needs to be able to be talked about and processed. And, you know, what do you believe? And is it okay to maybe have that fear or not, you know, be able to go through that. So there's the real concrete stuff like that. But the other thing is that it's not just those circumstances. I find that a lot of people who come to me are searching for meaning especially nowadays and yeah. and being able to explore that whether it be through spirituality or finding some kind of spirituality or finding a life purpose you know it's an important piece of figuring out who we are yeah but i do want to add Paula that there are some clients i've never had one conversation with about spirituality you know it's totally dependent what's going on with them and that's how it is with most of my tools you know, if something resonates with you, we can go with it. If it doesn't, we don't even have to look at it. Because uh, number one rule of social work is to treat clients where they're at and respect their individuality. So, I mean, I've had that for ever. No, and I love you saying that treat where you're at because that's so true. Um, meeting them where they're at and then helping them process where they need to go. So I love you sharing those examples for it. I know. And Starla, if you had to summarize the main reasons people come to therapy, what would they be? I can summarize that in two things. Um, First one is emotions. You know, not having them, hiding them, not knowing how to express them and fearing them. Um, But even probably the bigger issue that brings people in, even though it's not identified necessarily, is not feeling enough, not feeling worthy. That is almost without exception underneath everything when people come to therapy. Now, I don't mean to put it that if people don't think that, that they're going to say, well, then I don't need to go to therapy. But (laughs) I do think that that is such a huge piece of most of our struggles. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think in this, the world we live in, right, it's always do more, do more, do more. So it makes sense that so many people would identify like, I'm, I'm not the Pinterest mom, or I'm not climbing the corporate ladder as quickly as I thought I would, or I don't have, you know, the white picket fence and the dog and ah, like, Anything that society deems as enough, and, and uh, you know, I know the listeners can't see me, but I just made my air quotes of enough. <laughs> you know, yes. th- then it's like all of a sudden, there society's perpetuating that we're not enough. Completely, completely. You know, at least our society, and I don't know too many others real well, right. so I can't speak to that. I but can't either. <laughs> our culture definitely does yeah. promote that. Yeah. I know that we've been talking a little bit about business here, Starla, but one of our focal points on our podcast is also on fun. What is something that brings you joy in your work? Well, that's a question I could probably think about for a while because there are a lot of things. When I first hear the word fun, I'm like, well, my, is this really fun? (laughs) No, there is fun. There are times that it's fun, but um, in terms of enjoyment, I certainly work like 
and enjoy working for myself. I mean, that's sort of an additional piece of the side is that here, I here. practice for almost 25 years. And I love that. Um, but what may, brings me more joy in the clinical work, I think, is when clients return to do more work. Sometimes after years, they may return. In fact, I had somebody this week who I have not seen for 22 years. Wow. Is at a different stage. They've climbed the corporate ladder, so to speak. Yeah, you know, sure. They want to figure out why, what they need to do because they're not happy and they're, you know, what, what needs to change in their life. Um, and so half of my clients probably are repeat, and that's the air quotes, yep. clients, yeah. um, because they wanted to work on something deeper or different. And I tell you, it's really fulfilling to work with people over life, you know, through their life journeys to do that long and to know people and how they struggled when they were 22 and then know how they are when they're 40, you know, and yeah, I always say that I'm, I'm the therapist that you're holding on retainer for free. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh, that's a great business model. And then, oh wait, oh yeah, for free until until they come back. Yes. <laughs> well, and Starla, what a testament to your the the work that you've done with these clients that were former and are coming back. I mean, you know, because you and I know each other well, I feel like I hear often that a new a, a client has come back after years, and you know knowing your wait list too, it might just mean that they, uh, they had the opportunity to move up finally in the wait list, but, <laughs> but like, that's such a great compliment to you and the way that you've helped your clients. And the trust, I love yeah. that. And I was just going to tag onto that side of Kristen, but no. yeah, just the trust that you build with them, um, and be, being able to see their growth. I mean, that has to be pure, pure joy. It is. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes I just grin when somebody leaves, um, <laughs> skip around and do a happy dance, you know? So yeah, it is, it's really fulfilling. Yeah. It's, it's good when they leave and it's good when they come back, if they need you again. I mean, I, I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I just was thinking of something and this might be a little off course, but no, not at all. Early on in my career, when people would leave, I came up with a metaphor to tell them. And the metaphor was that, you know, life is like a highway, you know, and you, you get on your highway and you've been on the highway with your parents, maybe, or, you know, you've been told to stay away from the highway, but life is this highway. And so you start growing up and you get on the highway and you're like, I don't know where my map is. <laughs> Crap, I don't know where my map is. So you pull off into the rest area of therapy. And you start looking around, trying to figure out where your map is. And then you're like, okay, I got my map. I'm going back on that highway of life. You keep going. And then you get to a place where there's a, a fork and there's not a, it's not on the map. And you're like, oh, man, my map is outdated. <laughs> so then you're like, all right, I'll pull back into the therapy rest area and figure out how to make my own map. Get back on there. And so I told people that. And they took me seriously. <laughs> I mean, I started saying that 25 years ago. Yeah. 
I do too. Cause I'm like, I can picture myself, Paula and I both grew up in Iowa. I'm like, so, you know, we, we have the same route home from, yeah. from the Chicago area. So it's like, I can picture myself on same. I-80 pulling off into a rest area, but it's like oh, the, ther- <laughs> the therapy rest area. Yep. Yes, exactly. Create my own map. I love it. Yep. I love it. You know, Starla, you you mentioned you've been in private practice nearly 25 years, you know, been been doing this for for longer. What keeps you motivated? Because that's our our theme for the month of uh, February is is motivation. What what do you think keeps you motivated to keep on keeping on and doing this work? Well, I think there's probably several things. Uh, One would be you know, those repeat clients, you know, when I see that, that does give me a lot of energy to continue doing what I'm doing. Another aspect that gives me motivation is learning. I love going to conferences. I love learning new research. I love learning new ways of healing. I love learning old ways of healing. I love traveling to learn different things. So I love that. That gives me motivation. And I've also taught some workshops on uh, meditation and alternative healing and about death and some other more more esoteric things. Um, I really enjoy that. It scares me. Sure. (laughs) But I enjoy that too, because it's like, oh, there's, there's all these things that people don't know. Yeah. And And that you have, and that you can provide them with that. You you can provide them with that learning. So I, I love that. Yeah. And I, sometimes I just have to be reminded of that because I just figure people know these things. Right. Well, and a lot of times I like to say to people that it's not knowing what to do. It's doing what we know. So even hearing you say, learning old things that maybe it's like, ah, shoot, I, I know this, but I'm not, I didn't remember it or I'm not utilizing yeah. it to the fullest. Oh, that's yes. a great point. Of being reminded because yeah, sometimes we do forget and we just need that reminder of push, you know, to, to work through what you need to work wow. through. Well, and I think there's, you know, being reminded, I love, I love using that word in my office because I think a lot of times what therapy is, is for us to be reminded of who we are mm-hmm. inside our core mm-hmm. or, you know, we got all these conclusions about ourselves before we thought, Things were so awful about ourselves or we were not capable, but just to remember, mm. you know, who we are and how we fit with everything, yeah. which is a great thing. We're here. We're part yeah. of everything. I think so. that's so true to stop. And I, you know, say to myself, in my adult life, like to stop and just think, you know, think about who you are. Cause I think we get so busy just in our day to day, whether working or with our family, kids, everything like that, that just to take that time to stop and, and think in mind of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I do sometimes, because some people have a hard time remembering when they were something that was fun or lovable even. Yeah. And one of the things that I ask people to do is to find a picture of themselves mm. when they were little and have it be young enough that you can look at that kid and go, oh, yeah, they're adorable. And keep that picture handy, yeah. you know, put it on your desk, put it someplace so you can like, oh, I know how that feels. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. 
the memories. No, that's a great point. I like that idea. I do too. Yeah, I'm going to have to find a photo. (laughs) Love it, Starla. (laughs) And Starla, we want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Is there anything you'd like to highlight or plug before we let you go? Um, well, highlight, I think, um, I'm hoping that an important takeaway for folks is that it's important for us to know what's going on inside us, mm-hmm. you know, and how we feel about things and the beliefs we have about ourselves. Uh, Carl Jung, there's a quote by Carl Jung, and I have it in my bulletin board and it, it's until you make the subconscious conscious, it will direct your life. And you call it fate. And I figure my job is to help others learn and know that they have more control over that faith than they really know. I love that. Ugh. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And also for, for spending some time with us, Starla. I knew this would be amazing and you did not disappoint. It was amazing. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, for all of you listening, to learn more about Starla Scholl, visit thesavvysession.com. We'll have all of Starla's info on there um, so you can learn more about her. And thanks so much for listening as we continue to share stories of business, life, and fun.